shakalaka, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters around the world. I told you the battle was over before the game was done. Damn straight, does that apply to the world of Bitcoin Cash? Those Bitcoin Core supporters were saying that this could never be done. We could never scale to the world. We had to keep the block size at one megabyte. But we told them, man, we're going to do it. It's already been done, and the battle has already been won. And if you've been checking out Coin Market, not that I like to focus on the price or anything like that, I think it is very indicative that this game has already been won. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, I am Chris Yu, a.k.a. the Esoteric Noetic, a.k.a. the Bitcoin MC. And when I say the Bitcoin MC, I'm referring to the one and only Bitcoin. Bitcoin, gosh. Satoshi Nakamoto's Bitcoin, the Satoshi Vision. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to cover what's going on in the world of freedom, the world of liberty, and the world of pop culture, but specifically the world of Bitcoin, as I feel like one of the most important technologies revolutionizing the world and paving the way for freedom right now is, you guessed it, Bitcoin Cash. Uh, anyway, before I get into that, I just wanted to do a, a shameless plug. I've got my EP over here, Going Thunder, which you can check out. I am first and foremost a musician, a singer, dancer, entertainer. And if you want to support what I do here, you can go to the ChrisShield.com website and purchase my EP, Going Thunder, via cryptocurrencies. Purchase it with the Bitcoin Cash, yo. That's the best cryptocurrency. And uh, yeah, I would greatly appreciate that. But ladies and gentlemen, let's get straight into what's going on in the world of freedom, specifically the world of Bitcoin. Now, I posted... A tweet on Twitter just recently. I just started using twi Twitter, like seriously started using it over the last uh, few months. Courtesy of the Bitcoin community, there's this massive battle ideological war that is going on in the world of cryptocurrencies right now that is very related to the freedom movement, which is something that I'm very much interested in. And uh, just getting caught up in the world of Twitter has really opened me up to what's going on and just the possibilities for interaction with people around the world that share your same viewpoints. And it's a great way to promote what you're doing. So anyway, ladies and gentlemen, um, I put out this tweet, how many days until Bitcoin Cash is king? Just wanted to see what everyone thought. And uh, a huge amount of people think it's going to take less than 180 days. Now, I do like to be an optimistic person. I see... Tremendous adoption taking place in the world of Bitcoin Cash, and it would not be outside of uh, conceivability to imagine the Bitcoin Cash could be king. The cash could be king within 180 days. Now, you got 33% here thinking that it's going to take maybe maybe under 256 days, but the overwhelming amount saying it's going to take over a year, which is perfectly understandable. But you know what? It doesn't matter. This thing is not about time frame. This thing is not about price. I am in this for the long haul. I fundamentally want to see a separation of economics and state. I personally share the Satoshi vision, vision of creating one currency that allows us to do all, that allows us to have freedom in our transfer of money, transfer of wealth. And I think that the Bitcoin Cash cryptocurrency, specifically BCH, which is what I call Bitcoin, is the is the coin that has the most chance in making this a reality. So anyway, ladies and gentlemen, moving on. What else is going on over here? Now Kanye West has been stirring up a storm over here. Now uh, say what you will about Kanye. Let's talk about let's talk about Kanye for a bit over here. I feel like this is you're probably thinking why do I want to talk, why do I want to talk about Kanye? Who cares what he thinks, man? But I feel like in a way, what Kanye is doing is connected to the liberty movement and is thus connected to the world of cryptocurrencies. Now, uh, Kanye, by the way, recently posted a tweet. Um, I think it was just decentralized. I'm not sure if this was a, a joke or something like that. A lot of people have drawn the idea that he's all about freedom, decentralization, liberty. But if you have a look at what Kanye stands for, what he's all about, he's an individual. Yeah, he's, he's a bit of an ego maniac, but there's nothing wrong with that. A lot of people look at selfishness as being a bad thing. They look at that as being the seat of all the problems in the world. But it depends on how you look at it. Nothing wrong with loving yourself, which is something that Kanye promotes. And Kanye is not a follower. Kanye doesn't care about what the, the masses are doing. He's not getting caught up in this. Hey, everyone is saying that this is the way that things are supposed to be done, so I'm going to listen to them. He thinks for himself, and he's promoted that. And his last uh, appearance on TMZ definitely caused a... A controversy. 
Um, but you know what? I, I respect the fact that the guy is speaking his mind. Now, personally, I may not share everything that he he holds to be true. Now, his comment in regards to slavery isn't slavery. <laughs> that um, does not seem like the most um, enlightened statement, particularly if you take it literally. This idea that slavery is a choice. We all understand that yeah, when someone is forcing you to be a slave and has committed violence upon you, that's not a choice as such. Now, granted, you could you could say, you know, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take the slavery, and you could try to uh, to flee like many of the slave slaves did a few hundred years ago. And they ended up getting killed. Some of them survived. But fundamentally, when someone is doing something against your will, so it's not voluntary, well, that's not a choice. Granted, how you respond to that is a choice. But when we speak about slavery, when we speak about people incarcerating you, taking you away from your land at gunpoint, that's nothing but a choice. But I think if you look at this from a, a more deeper no one's perspective. I think what Kanye was saying with this statement, just in case you haven't um, you haven't heard about what Kanye said, let's see if we can get a little video footage of the Kanye remark here. Kanye TMZ slavery. But in short, it's quite possible he was simply speaking about this from a, a more nuanced metaphysical concept. The idea that you know, four hundred years of slavery. This idea that look, if you're saying that you're still enslaved right now. It's a choice, considering that right now you do have a choice to to leave the system. You do have a choice in whether or not you want to adopt this mindset of victim mentality. And I think there is an argument to be made that a lot of people do accept that. A lot of people choose to live in this mindset of, "Hey, look at look at my look at my bondage. You need to treat me differently." You need to respect me because of what my ancestors endured. And I would rather have a victor mentality, as Candace Owens talks about. about Rather than looking at the past, looking at the future. Realizing that every society has been caught up with slavery. Every society had slaves. Black, white, pink, blue, it doesn't matter. And the idea of saying that because your people, and I always hate this concept of saying your people, the idea that you are defined by your race, like the, by the color of the skin, the fact that we're not a family from a greater concept, this whole concept of agape, that we're not all living on this planet. The idea that when I say that my people, when I make reference to my people, I'm referring to my ethnic group specifically. I, I've always taken issue with that. But anyway, I digress. Let's have a look at what Kanye had to say in regards to slavery. Okay. I don't think people necessarily understand what happened last week with the great Ameri uh, Make, yeah, Make America, America Great, Great Again hat? What are you trying to do with the message you're sending? Well, it was really just my subconscious. It was a feeling I had, you know, like people were taught how to think, we're taught how to feel. We don't know how to think for ourselves. We don't know how to feel for ourselves. People say feel free, but they don't really want us to feel free. And uh, I felt a freedom in, first of all, just doing something that everybody tells you not to do. Absolutely, I gotta respect that. Not following this hive mentality. Allowing the individual you to express itself. That's what I respect about Kanye. Like him or hate him, the guy is definitely not a sheep. I just love Trump. That's my boy. Like, uh, you know, it's like so many rappers, you'll look at a video of Snoop Dogg loving Trump, but then he get in the office and I don't love him. Like, Trump is one of rap's favorite people, no, right? But we, we, we talk about <laughs> yeah. this, that before he was yeah. elected president, people yeah. in hip hop, they, it was... It was an in thing to put Donald Trump yeah. in your rhyme somewhere. Yeah. And by the way, right. I am in hip hop, but I'm not just in hip hop. I'm a black person in the black community, but I'm not just that. I feel like one thing is people try to minimize me to artists, hip hop, uh, black community. Yeah, I'm always gonna represent that, but I also represent the world. When you hear about slavery for 400 years, for 400 years, that sounds like a choice. <laughs> like You see, that's what broke the internet. 400 years, that sounds like a choice. Now look, if you look at this from a very definitive standpoint, as I was saying earlier, yeah, it seems like a crazy thing to say. But look, one of the things about artists is that you can speak in metaphors. Not everything has to be taken definitively. He's not speaking from the perspective of objectivity here. Speaking from the perspective of, you know what, it depends on how you look at it, man. You, if you if you accepting something for 400 years, that sounds like a choice. I understand that. If someone is is doing something that you don't like, 
and you're accepting it, and it becomes something that you enjoy now, or I wouldn't say enjoy, but you're not fighting against that, it does sound a bit like a choice. And it's not to, <laughs> look, I'm not condoning the idea of slavery being um, a choice as such, but from a more metaphysical hippie kind of attitude, I get what the brother's trying to say. That's all I'm saying. You was there for 400 years and it's all of y'all? You know, like, it's like we're, we're mentally in prison. I like the word prison because slavery goes too, too direct to the uh, idea of blacks. It's like slavery, Holocaust, Holocaust Jews, uh, slavery is blacks. So prison is something that unites us as one race, blacks and whites being one race, uh, that we're, one, we're, we're the human race. Do you feel that I'm feeling, do, do you feel that I'm being free and I'm thinking free? I actually, I actually don't think you're thinking anything. <laughs> Say what you will, but I like Kanye. Kanye is a man that speaks from the heart, speaks as an individual, doesn't get caught up with what everyone else is saying, which is something that I find happens over and over again, whether or not you're looking at pop culture, whether or not you are looking at the freedom movement, whether or not you're looking at the, the war of Bitcoin. You need to start thinking for yourself. And that's one of the things I respect about Kanye. I love the way that Kanye thinks. And he, he recently said that he loves the way uh, Candace Owens thinks. And she's someone that I've been checking out the works of recently. She also made a, a tweet that kind of broke the internet recently. I want to share this with you. This is going to upset a lot of black people. But I think, I think we need to hear this. And when I say we, I'm not just talking about the black community. I'm talking about everyone at large. Stop getting caught up in this victim mentality and start thinking about how you can change the world. Look towards the future. Anyway, let's check this out. What you're seeing happening today, obviously, we have, we have some black people that are just shouting in the back. We have some black people that are sitting in the front quietly that are chanting USA and having a normal conversation. I love that because what I say every single time, and you may have seen me on the news, is that what is happening right now in the black community, you're going to hear it in this room first, there is a, an ideological civil war happening. Black people that are focused on their past and shouting about slavery and black people that are focused on their futures, okay? That's, that's really what it comes down to, okay? That is such a salient point. I feel like that relates exactly to what is going on in the world of Bitcoin. There is an ideological war that is taking place. One revolves around people that are focusing on their past, whether that be the banks, whether that be BTC, that are focused on this idea that, look, we, things can't be done. We can't do this. We can't achieve this. It's not possible to scale to the world. So we got to focus on the now. we got to focus on, on restricting people, if you get what I'm saying, in regards to the sailing debate putting in this, keeping this one megabyte restriction because we got to focus on uh, making this whole thing secure. When, of course, you have the BCH community that are looking towards the future, believe that we can achieve this thing and realize that, yes, there are, there are problems, that, yes, that there are potentialities of things ruining our, our beautiful Bitcoin. We can't allow that to impede this dream to achieve freedom. I can, I can guarantee you what you're seeing happening is victim mentality versus victor mentality. That's and I promise great, you, the, the people that. here are going to win. I love like that. that. I like that too. And it, there's no doubt in my mind. I, I, can, I can tell you right now who is going to be better off. When, you, when we look 20 years and we look at the faces in this room, who is going to be better off are the girls that are sitting right here and across this room because they don't have your mentality. Victim mentality is not cool. I don't know why people like being oppressed. It's the weirdest thing I've ever heard. I, I feel exactly the same thing. Like, for a long time now, I've always been apprehensive about saying this kind of stuff publicly. Like, I kind of say this to some of my closer friends, you know, within the black community. But there is this idea of taking, taking inspiration from the tribulations, uh, from, from, the, from the pain and suffering that your ancestors have gone through and, and trying to use that as... Not even like a positive thing, like kind of wallowing in it, like saying you need to respect me because of what of my because of what my people went through. Well, look, everyone's people have gone through shit. Your all ancestors, all the people, your ancestors, my ancestors, everyone's ancestors have done good and done bad things. But the idea of wallowing in their negative shit and using that as a justification to want to be treated a better way and wanting to get reparations, that. That's something I've always taken issue with. I find that's an idea that is commonly accepted within the, a lot of the people within the black community, particularly in the United States. And uh, that's not what I'm about, yo. I'm about, I'm about having a victor mentality. 
I'm about trying to achieve things and not wallowing in the things that my ancestors have done. The circumstances of your birth, it's irrelevant. It's what you do with your, with your life now that determines who you are. Not what your ancestors did. Yeah, you can learn from the actions of your ancestors. You can also learn, learn from the good and the, the bad that they've done. But don't allow that to define you. You are an individual. And as soon as you start seeing things as a collective, which is what I find that happens within the, uh, the Bitcoin world, people take on this idea that, wait, everyone is accepting this. This is what everyone else is doing. So I need to accept this. I need to embrace this. Otherwise, I'm going to be the black sheet and people are going to look at me. When you have courageous people like Candace Owens that are standing up and living their truth, standing for what they believe in, regardless of what other people think, that is courageous. That is one of the most beautiful things, and that is something to aspire to. Whether you are black, whether you are white, whether you live in China, Venezuela, or whether you are in the top 1%, don't allow your circumstances to define you and try to create change. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to move away from this and go back into the world of Bitcoin over here because that's what this podcast is mainly about. Let's get back into this. Boom shakalaka. Rat, rat, rat. Okay, so uh, so what do we got here? Now, uh, oh, another thing I wanted to talk about was this court case that was apparently going to go on in regards to Roger Ver defrauding people because he was calling Bitcoin cash Bitcoin. Apparently on the Bitcoin.com website, they've been making a few changes lately. One of the things that I've noticed is that they, they now have BCH, the price on the left, as opposed to the right, and I feel like this symbolizes the idea that it's the it's the main coin now. The main focus is on BCH because more people are understanding the fact that this is the real Bitcoin. But one of the other things that he did was he changed Bitcoin in brackets to BCH when it's when the majority define that as being BTC, and this created a bit of a ruckus in the uh, in the world. Kind of broke the uh, the BTC world, and uh, a lot of people got very pissed off and they felt that he was defrauding everyone but here's the thing here's the thing this is the problem I have with fraud people have a different idea of what the truth is if I tell you that the world is flat and you say that I'm defrauding someone when the reality is I actually believe the world is flat well we have an issue <laughs> now granted I know that the world is not flat but a lot of people look at this thing very subjectively and a lot of people do believe that the world is flat based off of X and Y. Now, in regards to Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, which is Bitcoin, depending on how you define this thing, how you look at what Bitcoin is, whether you define this off of consensus, what everyone else defines Bitcoin as, or whether or not you define this off of the white paper, which make, makes reference to a chain of digital signatures, which makes reference to peer-to-peer -to -peer cash, which we look at as the basis for Bitcoin. If you adopt this, what I would call an objective standpoint, then you tend to fall in line with the idea, the Bitcoin cash. Bitcoin cash. Say it like Satoshi Nakamoto would say it, Joe, is the real Bitcoin. However, if you buy into this constantly changing idea, dealing with consensus, that the majority rules, then, well, Bitcoin could be anything. So look, back to this, uh, back to this lawsuit. Um, after bragging about 100k funding from BTC Wells, a leaked Telegram chat shows Bitcoin Com fraud lawsuit was abandoned due to lack of support. There you go. Apparently, these people are trying to drum up support, drum up money to uh, to attack uh, Roger Ver for uh, misleading the public when he's simply saying the truth that Bitcoin Cash is Bitcoin. And uh, look, granted, look, we all understand that Roger Ver is implementing certain sales tactics to influence the public, but there's nothing wrong with that. This is what you do. The way in which he he shows the, the positives towards Bitcoin Cash and shows the negatives, highlights the, the positives of Bitcoin Cash and uh, highlights the negatives about Bitcoin Core. This is what you do when you're promoting something you believe in. This is what winners do. This is what you do in sales. This is what you do in court. This is what any good lawyer does. Now, granted, there is a line. Sometimes people cross that line and they say things that are misleading, but it is very subjective. But there is nothing definitively wrong about what Roger Ver is doing. If you look at the things objectively, you, you don't appeal to 
Things like, oh, wait, I feel like he's trying to mislead the public. I just don't trust him. All this airy-fairy, subjectivist nonsense. And you look at what he's actually saying. There's nothing definitively wrong about it. And it's definitely not grounds for fraud. So, look, I respect what he's doing. You find that what he's been saying has been consistent from day one. What he's been saying in regards to Bitcoin a few years ago is exactly the same thing that he's been saying now. He wants peer-to-peer cash. He wants to provide this to the world. And granted, you may say that he's some selfish capitalist. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with having goals that align with meeting your own personal desires and meet with the desires of making the world a better place. It's these people that talk about altruism, about how they're trying to make a world a better place. And they're saying they're doing things for the greater good, willing to sacrifice themselves, and are willing to violate the rights of others. They're the people that I take issue with. Look, nothing wrong with standing for what you believe in and standing for something that's going to benefit you, provided you're doing it in a way that does not violate the rights of other people. That's what this whole movement is about to me. You find most of the big movers of Bitcoin, the initial first movers, had this philosophy of the non- following the non-aggression pr- principle, believing in individualism. This ideological war is taking place on so many levels, as we can see, not, in, not, not just in the world of pop culture, but also within the world of cryptocurrencies, in the world of politics. And I think ultimately we're going to move to this very technologically governed society where everything is going to be happening in the technological world. Voting is going to be happening in crypto space because it's money that fuels this thing. That's one of the things that I've been realizing about Bitcoin. This is the strongest way to make change. Make change not through politics per se. Make make change not just through music or pop culture per se. And, And not to say that these aren't powerful areas to make change. But money, believe it or not, is what fuels most of the things that go on in this world. And one of the biggest ways to make a change is to start at at the heart of what finances the world. And that's one of the reasons why I am very much in favor of Bitcoin Cash. All right, all right, all right. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, let's move on to some other stuff here. Okay, what's some other stuff that's been going on? Yes, now, Dr. Craig Wright... Uh, put out a tweet recently I really, really liked. Bitcoin is and can only be commercial and capitalist. It was always this way. Many who started on it will find this offensive and see alternatives, but the end is what it always was, and it will become what it is on the path to becoming. Once again, highlighting the idea that Bitcoin, whether or not you like it, is capitalist. A lot of people don't understand the design of this thing, that it's working off of this competitive capitalist system. And who better to explain how this thing works than Satoshi Nakamoto. There, I freaking said it. We all know what's going on. Let's, 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 let's not pretend that we don't know what's going on. Anyone that doubts <laughs> Dr. Craig Wright, at least doubting his competency in the understanding of this, really is not paying attention. Because there's no one that understands this thing better than he does. In fact, I, I want to I bring up a video where he highlights why Bitcoin Cash is Bitcoin. This is absolutely brilliant. This is taken from an interview he recently did. Uh, let me see if I can find uh, details in regards to this. Uh, 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 uh. Yes, it was uh, conducted on the What Bitcoin Did channel, YouTube channel. You can check that out. One of the best. In fact, it is the best interview that I've seen from Dr. Craig Stephen Wright. And this is coming from someone that is... I feel like I feel like I can say this with all the humility that I can muster. I am Dr. Craig Stephen Wright's biggest fan. I have gone through every video on YouTube. In fact, you know what? Let me show you this shit right now. If you look up uh, Craig Wright... Man, I can't find I can't find a single video on YouTube that I have not checked out of his. I've seen everything, yo, everything. Any interview that Craig Wright has done, even the the flimsy ones with shitty quality, I've watched everything that this guy has spoken about. One because the guy is massively wisdomatic. He understands this thing, this Bitcoin world, better than anyone has. Anyone does, and his understanding of the philosophy, the economical side of things. 
is second to none. So if you really want to understand what this Bitcoin movement is about, why not start with Craig Wright? I mean, a lot of people dis dispute Craig Wright's claim as being one of the, uh, the key creators of it, but anyone that is paying attention realizes that, of course he is. Of course he is. I mean, um, you know what? Let, let, me, let, me, let me address this. Um, let me address this now. Now, um, as you're aware, I think in 2015, Craig Wright came out and announced that he was um, one of the key figures in the creation of Bitcoin. And not long after, uh, in fact, I found this article from Marianne over here. She's always dropping some uh, awesome information in regards to Bitcoin, addressing uh, the claim that came about once Craig Wright signed a message with a public key, uh, showing that he did actually have a key. Um, which, bearing in mind, he's also done with a private key. He signed the Genesis block in the presence of John Matonis, the head of the Bitcoin Foundation, and Gavin Andreessen, the first developer of Bitcoin, and has done this definitively with the private key. This is the most definitive proof that he's been around since the inception of it. Now, that should be the end of story. Now, of course, people say, well, he did it, he did it, where, he did it in 2015 publicly, where he signed it with a public key. And, of course, that proved to be a fraud. Now, I always find it somewhat disconcerting how people call things fraudulent. I mean, one of the things we noticed from this article is that, okay, so in 2015, December 2000, in, on December 8, 2015, two online magazines, Wired and Gizmodo, published articles that presented evidence to suggest that Dr. Craig Wright is Satoshi Nakamoto, the inventor of Bitcoin. Each article presented details of a different PGP key. Wired published details of PGP key, blah, 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 and Gizmodo, PGP key, blah, 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 blah. On 9th of December 2015, an article was published on Motherboard entitled Satoshi's PGP keys are probably backdated and point to a hoax. Now, I love this. All people need to do is throw suspicion on something. Call you a, a rapist. You're a rapist. You're a fraud. You're a pedophile. And people just, the, the, the crowd swipes that. I mean, and the funny thing is, all that happened was people said that it's probably a hoax. And as a result, rather than going with the obvious, which is that, oh, this guy's actually signed the key, and, oh, he, he actually does have claim to be the, the creator, because the majority don't want to believe the truth, and this is what always happens, people only believe what they want to believe. They don't look at evidence. Everyone has this ridiculous confirmation bias, this, this, this inability to be impartial where they allow what they want to define what is, as opposed to looking at the truth and arriving at the truth based off of reason and logic and going wherever the truth leads as you would apply with the scientific method. Anyway, I digress. Um, yeah, because people didn't want to believe the truth and because a bit of doubt was thrown on whether or not Craig Wright was Satoshi Nakamoto, they went with that. And it, it, all, the, all that these, this evidence uh, pointed to was the fact that it's probably backdated in a hoax according to certain individuals. Now, the article reports on a claim attributed to Greg Maxwell, a Bitcoin core developer, that the two PGB keys could not have been created in 2008 as the functionality to create them was not available until July 2009. Therefore, Dr. Craig Wright was not Satoshi Nakamoto. But here we go. Check this out. Check this out. You ready for this one? Take a deep breath if you're still with me. All right. Now, this should be, this should be the coup de grace because this was the evidence that came to fore that made everyone go, oh, no, it's a fraud. It's fake. He's a liar. He lied once. We can't listen to anything he says ever again. All right. Now, since then, um, we have been provided with a document which is entitled Appeal to Authority, a Failure of Trust, and is reported to have been written by Satoshi Nakamoto. The document, the document explains the process of creating a PGP key using GNUPG version 1.4.7, a release that was available in 2008. Okay. The plot thickens and changing the default preferred hash algorithms, blah, 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 blah. In this report, we have considered the, that claim that GNUPG version 1.4.7 would have been unavailable to create a PGP key with a preferred hash algorithm, blah, 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 and found to be incorrect. It was and is still possible to create a PGP key with a preferred hash algorithm, blah, 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 version 1.47. Anyway, without going into the details, what they actually found was, haha, you actually could have created this, this key in 2008. You see, the, uh, the critiques of Satoshi Nakamoto, uh, Craig Wright, were saying that this evidence they provided was false because, well, it couldn't, the, the key couldn't, could only have been created in 2009. Well, here, we debunked that shit. It actually could have been created in 2008. So this shows that this idea that it's probably a hoax is bullshit. 
It probably was the legit deal. And look, I don't really care. I, I really don't care about this shit. Like, granted, this is one piece of evidence, and I think this is actually really good piece. Of, this is really good evidence in regards to the fact that oh, he did actually have the public key, and it is actually legit. Of course, you can always throw doubt in saying, well, it's probably a hoax. Hey, it's the Earth is probably flat. You can you can actually come up with evidence to sh to show that they're to throw some kind of suspicion onto this. You can do this with any issue. There is no issue in the world that is so definitive that you cannot throw doubt on it if you were a good lawyer. And all that happens is you just need to have authority figures. And bearing in mind that this information uh, that brought doubt onto Craig Wright being Satoshi Nakamoto was from the Blockstream community. So what other... I mean, I mean, what other evidence do you need that obviously they have a vested interest in disproving him being Satoshi Nakamoto? Because, I mean, if he's Satoshi Nakamoto and is not on the line with the direction that they're going in, which is completely against the vision of uh, Satoshi's white paper, obviously it that fucks them up. So obviously they're going to come up with anything they can to deny the truth. Anyway, look, in conclusion, the authors confirm as a result of testing that GN UPG version 1.47 that was released on the 5th of March 2007 was available to create key with the preferred hash algorithms. Blah, blah, blah. Bottom line was the claims made on the month, um, in the Motherboard article are wrong. So the claim made that uh, the evidence that Satoshi Nakamoto, Craig Wright, released originally, um, where he signed, uh, signed a message with the public key, uh, the claim that this is fraudulent was actually false. So when you take that information, you take the, the, the facts that he's already signed it with the private key, and then you take on the fact that, I mean, <laughs> this, is, this is the thing that really I find so fascinating. Like, this is the, to me, this is the most definitive thing for anyone that has actually done the research in regards to the history of, of Craig Wright. And, of course, people always criticize his credentials, you know, saying, well, he doesn't have a doctorate when it's a bit of a technicality. He, he has actually done all the, the, the legwork from the universities to actually have the title doctor, but due to a complication in the way that these universities award uh, uh, PhDs, etc., um, some people claim that he's not, he legitimately shouldn't have that, that title. Even though you can go to the Enchain website and you can see all of his degrees. I mean, one thing we know is the person that should have created Bitcoin is a person that it has an understanding of so many different disciplines. The economics, the computer science, the code, they're all these different areas, and he has all the credentials. He's one of the most studious people that I, I've seen. Like, he is a polymath of the highest caliber. And that's one of the reasons I enjoy his work. I mean, granted, um, my understanding in the technical aspect, not that much. I mean, look, I've, I've studied cryptography on a very low level. I mean, I have a Bachelor's of Applied Science in Information Technology, um, I, my course was in software engineering. I understand, I can understand, I can kind of make out what they're talking about, but it's on such a high level that I'm like, whoa, okay, I don't really get this. But when you hear him talk about it, it's very clear when you started learning about this from all these different people, this guy understands this shit better than everyone else does. And he has all the credentials. So this idea uh, from a circumstantial standpoint of him having the potentiality to be Satoshi Nakamoto, one of the key figures, it's a no-brainer. And when you combine that with the evidence, and then the fact that he's already been identified, I mean, even before he came out and announced he was Satoshi Nakamoto, or rather, specifically, one of the key figures. And look, I'm not saying Craig Wright is Satoshi Nakamoto. I'm just saying that he is. Um, what I'm saying is, obviously, this guy has been around since his inception, and it's very clear that he was the key figure. And look, um, as is evident by the, um, the emails in regards to uh, David Kleiman, yeah, he was the one that came up with the idea, and apparently he's done something like 90% of the work. And apparently, um, it's it's a team effort. There are many people that conceived of this uh, this idea, made it work. Um, but the, the 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 person that is behind the moniker, I mean, take for instance, um, this guy Joseph von Perling, who says he met right at a conference, a hackers conference uh, in Amsterdam, three years before the publication of the Bitcoin white paper was even released. So we have a definitive report of someone here uh, from the New Liberty Dollar issue. New Liberty Dollar issue with Joseph Van Perlin says he met right. So this guy uh, says that he met Craig Wright and he introduced himself using the, the, the moniker Satoshi Nakamoto. And this seems like a reliable guy to me. And this is three years before he came out. That to me is like end of story. 
Boom shakalaka. It's the coup de gras. And I love this shit because people still want to play this game. Well, you know, I, I don't I don't know if he, he is. He, and maybe the, the whole thing is a scam. Maybe everyone that he's... All these people like Gavin Andreessen, the first developer, the first person to work on Bitcoin, the person that had the most correspondence with Satoshi Nakamoto. Well, maybe he's just lying, even though it's ruined his entire image publicly by the BTC community. And they don't really know Jack anyway. Maybe he's lying. Maybe... Craig Wright pressured him into coming out and announcing that. And people always come up with these crazy conspiracy theories to deny the unbelievable truth, which is <laughs> which is very, very clear to me, unless, of course, you are one of the most skeptical momos I've ever seen. And this is something that we see playing out in history time and time again. This shit doesn't surprise me. Take every single issue, you know, whether it is, I mean, I've always spoken about a lot of controversial issues dealing with conspiracies, dealing with health. I mean, this happens with the, the vegan movement in regards to some of the very detrimental effects of taking uh, meat. I mean, uh, as you know, just a few, couple of years ago now, the World Health Organization came out and released the detrimental effects of consumption of, of, of meat because it's, it's, it's been proven to be uh, uh, carcinogenic. And look, of course, people will always bring out evidence to deny this and because they hate the idea, they don't accept it as being truth, but... The point I'm trying to make is no matter what you are talking about, if people don't want to believe it, they will shun the evidence. I don't want to listen to it. I don't care about it. Whether you're talking about conspiracies, and, and when I say conspiracies, I mean things that are clearly truthful because of the Freedom of Information Act. Things that people don't want to believe. The idea that their, their government could be involved in some atrocious thing, some diabolical action. People don't want to believe it, therefore they deny it. And let's be honest, a lot of people don't like the way that Craig Wright behaves, so they'd rather not believe it. Andres Antonopoulos, um, he has hinted with the tweets that I've read that, look, clearly th this sounds like any person... I mean, if you guys aren't familiar with the story, yeah, Andres Antonopoulos was one of the people that was invited to, uh, to have Craig Wright sign the Genesis block and confirm his identity unofficially. This is all unofficial. Uh, but he denied doing so claiming that this was a red herring, that anyone that wanted to uh, unofficially prove who he was is, is someone that is obviously trying to pull the wool over people's eyes, which, which I think is ridiculous reasoning. Um, the, the reality is people are human, and um, whether you're an artist or you're a technician, most people on some level, now granted they want to have their freedom, they don't want to um, end up in jail like Rosa Ulbricht, um, and by coming out definitively, irrefutably proving the truth, which is potentially going to land them in jail, they still want people. They still want to get acknowledgement for what from what they've done. I mean, as an artist, every artist tends to sign their artwork because they want people to look at their art and say, "Whoa, this artist is amazing. This this person created this. This was created by Leonardo da Vinci. This was created by Chris Schul. The Bitcoin MC created this." And you feel good because. You know that they appreciate your work. They know who was responsible for that. That's understandable. So this whole idea that people don't want others to know about their work, that just goes against human nature. Most, more often than not, people do, just not to the point where it's going to jeopardize their lives. Now, granted, there are arguments to the contrary, that a lot of people don't want to be known. They want to be anonymous, and that's true as well. It's a little... People are complicated beings. People are... mercurial. You know, one day they feel one way... The next day, they feel something else. I mean, saying that someone wants to be anonymous when they want to be public is also true. I mean, people are paradoxes. So I think that is very much the case with, uh, with Craig Wright. Yeah, part of him is probably human and wants to get some kind of credit for what he's doing. The other part of him wants to be completely anonymous. But look, all I'm saying is if you have a look at the evidence, you understand the core arguments in regards to this, uh, it's very, very clear what's going on. It's ve all, that's all I will say. And unless, of course, you're one of these skeptical momos, um, it is unequivocally, unassailably, definitively <laughs> the fact that, you guessed it, <laughs> is one of the key creators of, you guessed it, Bitcoin Cash. But, you know, and it, out of respect, uh, yeah, everything that I've said is nonsense, and Craig Wright didn't create Bitcoin Cash, so, or Bitcoin or anything else, and, uh, I mean, if the guy doesn't, does not want to confirm it either way, let's, let's, let's ignore that fact. But come on, we know what's going on over here. So uh, look, ladies and gentlemen, let's move on. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Okay, now some of the other things I wanted to talk about just briefly in regards to the world of Bidagon Gosh is, uh, oh, Marianne, she's been doing some amazing work, if I haven't plugged already. 
be sure to check her out. Uh, she has been dropping some salient, powerful, wisdomatic truth bombs in regards to what's going on in the world of Bitcoin. Uh, beautiful girl. And she's so knowledgeable, so intelligent. And I think people see that and their skepticism kicks in and, and think, wait, this can't be real. In fact, uh, apparently some some person didn't believe that she was who she claimed to be. So she pr proved it by uh, by posting an image of her uh, with a sign, uh, with a date. And even that was not enough to convince the person that she was who she claimed to be. So this is evident. This, this is once again... Uh, explaining this idea that I've been, I've been pushing that people just don't want to accept the truth, regardless of what evidence you show, what evidence you bring to the fore. People won't believe something unless they want to believe it. Blah blah blah. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to finally wind this thing down by talking about some of the things that we can be expecting on Bitcoin Cash. Now, I checked the interview. On the What Is Bitcoin channel, once again, the best interview I think I've seen, where Satoshi, Nak where Craig Wright, talks about the things that we'll be expecting on Bitcoin in the next uh, few weeks. Now, this month we're upgrading Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, to uh, 32 megabytes, I believe, and we're going to be seeing a lot of amazing technologies taking place in the world of Bitcoin. Now, Craig Wright hasn't spoken about this yet, but he says in his upcoming conference. He's going to be talking about some new technologies that we're going to be implementing on Bitcoin Cash that are going to blow Ethereum and Dash out of the water, where they're going to be sidechains to Bitcoin Cash. So I'm very curious to hear what he has to say. You see, this is one of the things I love. Once you understand what is going on, once you understand the facts, you understand the truth, it becomes easier to see what the future is. Now, I don't claim to predict the future, but knowing what I know, it's very obvious to me that we are going to see over the next few months Bitcoin Cash increase in adoption. We're going to see an explosion. I mean, the fact that it has this powerful movement behind it. Granted, we don't have the numbers, that we don't have the majority, but the fact that the people in this movement are so passionate. You see, I, I think it's always better to have extremely passionate people that have vision than to have a bunch of momos that don't have any clear vision they're just repeating what everyone else is repeating and they have the numbers but you find it's better to have a small group of motivated individuals working towards a powerful idea that's what shapes the world that's what vision is all about it's vision that shapes reality and the fact that we see this in bitcoin cash in addition to the, having these brilliant developers gavin andreessen working on it the first developer we have craig wright who has a better understanding of this thing than anyone, regardless of whether or not you want to buy into the irrefutable truth. <laughs> and the fact that he's... I mean, look at this. We have this, we have this company called Enchain, amongst all these other companies that are releasing revolutionary technologies that are far ahead of everyone else. And they're working on Bitcoin Cash. And we have this person that understands this shit better than anything else, working on this thing. And it's blowing everything out of the water. I mean, it is very clear right now that Bitcoin Cash, from a very objective standpoint, does everything better than every other coin, as far as I'm concerned. Now, granted, we can still work in the privacy, but all of that stuff can be impl implemented on Bitcoin Cash. And knowing this, knowing the people that are working on it, the understanding they have, understanding the vision that they have, it is very clear to me that, you know what, I'm going to say it, within... Uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say 180 days. We are gonna see Bitcoin Cash explosion into the ecosystem. Now I don't care whether or not people want to say Cash is king. In my eyes, Bitcoin Cash already is king. So anyway, uh, I think uh, I think bearing this in light, it's gonna be very clear what the future has in store for Bitcoin Cash. And I'm very curious to see uh, what Craig Wright has to say. In the next conference that he's appearing at, oh, I I, I forgot. I, I wanted to play this little video in regards to Craig Wright addressing what Bitcoin Cash is and why Bitcoin Cash is the real Bitcoin. I think this is very salient. I've been racking up some views on this. Uh, I made this video courtesy of Mr. Scatman. I took out some of his clips and uh, took the sample of this from the What Is Bitcoin podcast. And this so saliently explains the rationale, the logical, objective reason as to why 
Bitcoin Cash is Bitcoin. Bitcoin is seen as as the base currency for for crypto. In that, if Bitcoin, you mean Bitcoin Core? Well, they're both Bitcoin. Do you know what? Do you know? I, do you know how I challenge you on that? There was a time when you were blocking people for calling Bitcoin Cash Bcash, and I haven't called it Bcash, and I won't because mm. I know it's going to piss you off. At the same time. I believe the rebranding of Bitcoin as Bitcoin Core has been a direct strategy for people in Bitcoin Cash. Is there discredited? Is there RBF in Bitcoin? Excuse me. Replaced by fees. Was that in Bitcoin? <laughs> yes or no? I can't answer that question. Simple answer is no. It was added by Peter Todd and others, and it totally destroys zero conf. Next question. Was there SegWit in Bitcoin? I think the, the point I'm trying to make is different is that... Is Bitcoin it, a chain of digital signatures? Bitcoin to me, again, I have limited technical Bitcoin knowledge, but Bitcoin me, for me... I call it what I want. Is, I don't care um, about the truth. This is the state of whatever the protocol is in. Okay? How it's been developed. Okay? Now... It, it was referred to as Bitcoin. So basically what you're saying is if a bunch of developers choose that it is no longer what was set in stone, to make a quote from uh, the early Bitcoin talk forums, as a protocol that will always be the same to be Bitcoin, then it is no longer set in stone and it is now fungible. It, is, it is the same chain on for example, on Coinbase, it's the same chain it has been for a long time. And I can Bitcoin still Cash is the same chain. Well, it is a fork of the chain. Well, actually, they're both a fork of the chain. I understand that, but it's the Bitcoin that everyone knows as Bitcoin and always has been. Well, no, it's not because there is no SegWit in Bitcoin. I, I, I think we're, we're okay. Look, we're we're arguing on minute details the point i'm trying to make is that the point i'm trying to make is that i don't know anything and i'm just going to use what everyone else is saying as being the truth anyway ladies and gentlemen you can check out this video uh, i'll put the link to it in this podcast but i love how craig stephen wright shoots down all of these sofa silly subjectivist arguments that are made one after another the lead to the definitive unassailably correct conclusion that you you guessed it Bitcoin Cash is Bitcoin. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, moving on. Just a couple of other things I wanted to uh, to mention before winding this podcast down. Uh, some things that are going on in regards to uh, to Bitcoin, in regards to some of the uh, developers now. Vin Armani, shout out to Vin Armani, awesome guy, deeply prophetic, deeply wisdomatic, and uh, a man of of many many skills. Uh, yeah. Now, as you're aware, he's uh, he's the creator of Cointex. I think I was one of the, one of the first people to. I think I was the first person to interview him on Cointex. I feel like I've made history now. You can you can check out the interview, by the way, um, on this uh, on this channel. But he he posted a question recently in regards to. I think I don't want to I don't want to misquote it, but essentially why he should stick to having Cointex on. Bitcoin Cash, and it, it stirred, up, stirred about a lot of conversation. A lot of people have this Bitcoin Cash maximalist idea that we should only be developing on Bitcoin. But look, we're capitalists over here. should be developing on whatever platform you think is going to be of a, 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 a best service to you. And uh, it, it, beautiful conversation that took place. Um, you can actually check this out on the, uh, the Beach Boys Twitter channel. But basically, we went into a lot of philosophy, a lot of rationale in regards to why I believe Vin Armani thinks that Dash may be potentially um, another viable platform to develop big, develop Cointex on. I mean, considering that uh, Dash offers uh, develop, development opportunities, I think, I think it has some kind of um, program to allow developers on the Dash uh, blockchain to the benefit financially and I think the argument that Vin was making is that yeah Bitcoin cash is not offering a lot of opportunities to incentivize developers anyway look frankly I'm with I'm with Vin Armani in that look if he wants to develop on Bitcoin cash 
That's cool. If he wants to, wants to develop on Dash, that's his choice. I mean, granted, I, I do want to see Bitcoin Cash thrive. I don't want to play this collectivist game where I say that everyone needs to to be on the boat of Team Bitcoin Cash. Otherwise, otherwise, fuck him. I mean, I'm all for people using whatever coin they see fit. I'm all for competition, as Craig Wright often talks about. Ultimately, people are going to use the coin that serves them the best. And all we can do is try to, if you want to see Bitcoin Cash thrive, rather than criticizing, rather than character assassinating people, which I see so often on Twitter, focus on building. Focus on making something better. I, I believe that should be the motto of Bitcoin Cash. Don't criticize, build. If you don't like something, find a solution by creating something better. Or talk about it. Educate people. I love Craig Wright's approach that, look, he, he kind of said this, I think, um, a little a little cheekishly that, look, if uh, Vin Armani decides to, to develop on Dash, he's just going to create, incentivize people to uh, develop better versions of Cointex on the Bitcoin Cash blockchain. But ultimately, look, I believe that whatever is the best is going to thrive. At the moment, I truly, utterly believe, for better or worse, the Bitcoin Cash is the best coin. And it, more importantly, it has the, the right vision. They're following the, the framework that was laid out in the white paper. So look, kudos to Vin Armani. Uh, I'm going to get into, into this with a bit more detail in the next podcast. My next podcast is going to be with uh, the Beach Boys. I'm going to be interviewing them in regards to what's going on in the world of Bitcoin. And these guys are excellent when it comes to their understanding the technical aspects of this. Um, and, you know, they, they have the, the right philosophy in my mind. Like I really like the fact that these guys are com coming from a philosophical standpoint as well. They understand a lot of the fundamental ideas, I think, that don't get spoken up by the masses as to why Bitcoin is excellent. Like the, the idea behind it, this idea of capitalism, and some of the problems that we fall into when we start looking at things from this um, socialistic collectivist attitude where we focus on trying to restrict competition in order to make everyone happy so look uh if you want to if you want to get into if you if you want to learn a bit about the philosophy behind bitcoin cash in regards to the technical side of things highly recommend these guys the beach boys highly recommend you tuning into the next podcast i'm going to be doing with them and uh and finally oh finally on a not so related topic actually what am i saying everything i talk about in this podcast is in some way related to freedom yo even whether it relates to my music you know my music is about well, I suppose you could say all about selling my music, and that's capitalist. So, yeah, that's about freedom as well. Capitalism is all about free exchange, creating what you love doing and being able to benefit from it and having other people benefit from it, which is related to the whole idea of freedom. So, in a sense, everything, even my music, is related to freedom. So, if you want to support freedom, support my music, and <laughs> go to crystal.com. Shameless plug there. Anyway, finally, ladies and gentlemen, now, I came across this video that really stirred me. Now, any of you guys that are familiar with what I'm about, obviously freedom. Um, one of the most horrific ideas is the censorship of speech. I may not agree with what you say, but I sure as hell believe in your right to say it. And there is a law that has been passed recently in Australia that is making it illegal now to even think things. Thought crimes. I came ac across this guy, Blair Cottrell, a very controversial figure. Now, I'm not familiar with a lot of his work. I've checked out maybe just a couple of his videos. But I'll let him explain things. So, uh, just under a year ago, uh, I was among the first people to be convicted uh, of a very new crime in this country. Uh, the exact wording of the charge against me uh, was participating in the making of a video published to Facebook, which was uh, intended to incite serious ridicule, revulsion or contempt for a specific class of people, namely Muslims. Okay, now, I was convicted of that offence. <clears throat> and I'm on appeal, appealing to a higher level of court to be reheard to beat that charge. Now, before I go on, uh, I notice there's a lot of people on Facebook these days trying to be someone, you know, especially in politics. You know, and they're all edgy in their own way. One of them might be, you know, a black guy, but he's right-wing, so that's edgy, you know. He might be Jewish and conservative, or, or uh, gay and conservative, 
or uh, you know maybe a, a woman with big tits with political opinions how unusual you know how edgy i'm not one of those i'm just a white guy with blonde hair and blue eyes you know straight as they come i'm a carpenter from the south uh, southeastern suburbs of melbourne not trying to be anybody i started a movement a couple of years a few years ago which became one of the most notorious movements in the country uh, its aim was to highlight and attack the people who are who are destroying this country. We opposed Islamic immigration into this country, the development of mosques, and left-wing corruption of our most important institutions, government, education, and media. And for this, we were all branded neo-Nazis and domestic terrorists, racist, bigots, xenophobes, homophobes, Islamophobes, and all the rest, all the other different types of ists and phobe. But I want to make sure that my viewers and the Australian people understand the essence of the charge I was convicted of. Because everybody seems to think that I was convicted of offending Muslims on Facebook. No, actually. I was not convicted of offending anybody. I was charged by the state government of Victoria and convicted for intending to offend. This is important to understand because not a single Muslim has come forward and said they were offended. Not one. Not one has come forward and said that their life is now difficult because of the post I made, that they're upset, that they, uh, they feel badly about it. No prominent person from the Islamic community has made any complaints. So no one is actually offended. And the act I engaged in was not illegal. The action was, was perfectly legal. It was the intent behind what I did which was uh, allegedly illegal. What this means is what I did was not illegal, but the thoughts I had when I did it that was illegal. I've been convicted of a thought crime, and you need to understand that. I am among the first people to be convicted of a thought crime in this country, in Australia. What does this mean? It means you don't have to do something illegal to be charged with a criminal offence anymore. You just need to be thinking or feeling in a way that the state regards as problematic. And you can be charged with a criminal offence and thrown in jail. The charge I'm convicted of current, uh, and currently on appeal fighting carries a maximum imprisonment term of six months, not for doing anything illegal, but for thinking something illegal or thinking something negative, which therefore is illegal. Thought crime. That is the essence of uh, my conviction. That is, that is the essence of the charge. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to leave it there. Look, regardless of what you think about this guy, in fact, I'm going to be very clear about this. I don't support this idea of wanting to restrict people from entering the country. I, I believe the only legitimate borders are private property borders. I'm a true voluntarist in the truest sense of the word. I'm, I may not support, once again, what you say, but I sure as hell respect your right to say it. And I sure as hell respect your right to think it. Now, the idea that it is now technically illegal to think certain thoughts I'm going to be very, very clear about this, is the most anti-freedom, the most inherently immoral thing that I could think of. See, one of the reasons why, a lot of people don't get this, I am so, one of the many things that I, out of all the many things that I hate, I hate the idea of this collectivism, I am doing what I'm doing for the greater good, for the people, because it leads to this kind of insanity. The whole idea of the Australian government, the legal system coming up with this law is because they believe it is in the interest of the public good to restrict this person's thought. And now, not even looking at the fact that it's incredibly subjective to understand what someone is intending. You may intend that I'm doing this because I'm a some kind of like selfish person that wants to make lots and lots of money and I care about, oh, I'm a racist and I, I, I want to hurt people. That may truly be your thought. Now, granted, it, it, it may very well be incorrect. But the whole idea that you can subjectively think that I'm doing something, therefore punish me for that, is completely insane. But it pales into the idea that, pales in comparison to the idea that I'm not even allowed to think certain things, regardless of whether or not it is good or bad. To restrict thought, and to do it on the basis that it's for the greater good, it leads to insanity. You can justify anything when you say that it is in the interest of the greater good. You can say that these people need to die because it's in the interest of the greater good. Not only we need to restrict what you can say, what you can think, we can restrict anything. And this is the problem that I always have when it comes to this kind of rationale. And this is the fundamental battle that is going on. You know, whether you want to call it a political battle, 
a technological battle, or even a spiritual battle. There are those that truly believe in the idea of free will, the right to do as they want. I think freedom is the, maxim is the, is the truest expression of creativity, of divinity, this ability we have to, to express ourselves. I think our divinity is within our ability to create. You cannot create when you are restricted. Now granted, people say that these restrictions are to prevent people from being harmed. I believe that, of course, there should be a line. And that line is being able to express yourself within the limits of other people's rights. It's this, do unto others as you would like done unto yourself. Express within the golden rule. Express within voluntarism. And as soon as you appeal to the greater good, this is when you fall into the trap of appear and utter insanity, logical insanity. And once again, it's not that I agree with the, the views of, of this guy, but the idea that I, we, I realize we've moved into a world now where anything can be justified under the, the greater good. I mean, as a kid, I, I couldn't understand why everyone took issue with communism, collectivism. I just thought it was everyone wanting to work together to create the best society. But this is the key reason as to why it is so inherently flawed. Whether or not you, you like the idea of capitalism, granted capitalism, every ideology has its issues. But this idea is, with all seriousness, I think it is the most destructive idea that could ever possibly be. You can have people subjectively defining anything as being immoral and now incarcerating you because you've somehow violated this. Now, by me merely saying this, potentially, it could be considered a, a thought crime. Because I may be intending to do harm from this. Anything that you do, anything you think, now is potentially harmful and can lead you into being incarcerated. So, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That is, uh, that's 2018, the current world that we live in. So, look, regardless of whether or not you resonate with some of the stuff that I say, I'm saying, um, regardless of whether or not you are a BTC or BCH supporter, uh, I think it's, it's, it's good to think about these things, whether or not you want to live a society where you can have the majority determining how you live your life and potentially saying for any reason that you can, you can end up in jail, or whether or not you want to live in a society where you have the ability to express yourself and do as you will. That's kind of how I look at it. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to end it there. They're my thoughts. Hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Crystal Journey podcast. And as I said, stay tuned. The next podcast, we're going to be interviewing the, the Beach Boys. Looking forward to that. And uh, I look forward to interviewing some other people in regards to freedom, Bitcoin, some artists. Uh, stay tuned. And as I keep saying, as I keep shamelessly plugging, I have an EP out, Going Thunder. Uh, you can purchase at chrisshule.com. Might as well just show you guys right now. Just over here. Boom, shaka, laka. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. It's got four tracks plus a bonus track. Check this out over here. And uh, I'll uh, I'll send that as an email to you. You got the tracks. I uh, hope you guys appreciate this uh, this podcast. And what better way to support me by supporting my music, yo. This is, I'm going to end this with my promo video, Going Thunder. Peace out. Keep it real. Don't drive in text. Until next time, let us know what you think. Drop us a comment. Subscribe on us. I'm also on Memo uh, under the Bitcoin MC. And, uh, yeah, all the details are on this podcast. Let us know what you think. Signing out, the Esoteric Noetic, a.k.a. the Bitcoin MC, a.k.a. Chris Shule. Ow! You know, people in this life always tell you what you can and what you cannot do. You can't let nobody put limitations on yourself. You gotta know that deep down inside, you got the will, you got the power, you got the fire. So if you wanna go, you gotta go like thunder. We've had to beat you up the north side. Bring home the rain, need all interaction. Have a moment, ponder on that weakness. Rise above it, keep working on that game, son. On my vibe to school, you and I thunder. On my written, I cool, you know I got some. Life's purpose is to feel joy. Metaphysical, lyrical. So
over before The game was done back If you think that I'm gonna let you run My body, my heart, and my mind Then you better listen, son Oh, you think you're invaluable Yeah, act like an angel Think you're gonna soar like a bird Beyond the possible I think it's plain to see You know you're meant to be On swans to world surf too Gotta think and stop What you want, it always what you get You don't do the work that you won't find your best You won't work it, you don't pay the price You won't work it, don't pay the price You won't work it, don't pay the price You won't make it Touch the ceiling